marchers are up too high in the rafters. I got a frog team, new life and attractors. Just sipping that moonshine and I'm plastered. Alright everyone, we are back with another episode, Moonlighters Club. Welcome back. Uh, everyone meet Tyler. Tyler, how are you doing? I'm great, man. You know what, Tyler? I, I just did this with uh, uh, Kenya. I, I, let me let you introduce yourself because some of my guests have actual like choreographed intros and maybe there's a way you want to oh. like, so feel free. To, I'll, let you, I'll let you do that. I definitely don't, but I think that's part of my, the persona that I want is that I want to be an improv, an improv uh, artist. So my name's Tyler. I live in Somerville. In the Davis Square area, I am 29 years old. I have a full-time job uh, working for a company called Vibram, uh, which is a, a footwear company. Uh, but what I'm really passionate about, or in addition to that, is uh, is music. And I met Joel a couple months ago uh, at a festival I was playing at. He, you interviewed me, and it was awesome, and asked me a bunch of questions that I I felt like I needed to uh, be asked, and it was a great experience. So. That's why I'm back. I wanted to want to meet up and just chat life and music. And that's basically it. Yeah, because we uh, we met a while back at Survival, who's a champion of the podcast and just a champion in general. And it's funny. That was like in the summertime. And then we were both talking about trying to do the stuff we want to do more. And then work happened. And then I got married. And then you traveled. And then it was like, cool. Like, as soon as all that got done, you hit me up. And I'm like, yeah, let's do it. Like, this is perfect. So this is perfect that it works out this way. Yeah, man. Absolutely. So uh, when I when I met Tyler, who was actually performing at Survival's uh, Summerfest, and we'll get into that later, but let's just start with the basics. Where did you grow up? So I grew up in a town called Milford, Massachusetts. Um what I tell people is it's right next to Hopkinton, which is where the marathon starts. So kind of central mass and grew up there, um, went to school in Rhode Island for business and then got a, a job immediately with Vibram. Um, so I've been working with this company for the, you know, almost eight years. And, um, I started playing guitar probably around 21, right at the end of college. Uh, I had a bunch of friends that, uh, that played, we were all living together and, you know, I just learned a couple of chords, bought my first guitar right after college. Uh, a year later went in and wanted an electric input so I could play shows. I thought it was going to be just a hobby, something I could do on the side, but it became, it became more of something that, uh, I really needed more than 50% of my life to be music, whether it was somehow nice. I was sneaking it in every day or, you know, that I, something I'd pursue, you know, in the future, I'm not sure. Nice. So before you started playing, were you like, how was your relationship with music prior to that? Like, were you already a fanatic about certain groups, certain bands, certain styles, uh, or did it accentuate once you started playing? It re really the latter. It was, um, it, growing up, you know, I listened to the radio. I listened to a lot of classic rock. My dad, you know, got me into, I listened to a lot of soft rock that my mom got me into, but I basically knew the hits that were on the radio. And if I would ever go to a show, I would expect the artist to play exactly the way that I knew it on the radio, the recorded version. And there was no like improv to it. I didn't understand that piece of it. Nice. So I always liked music and I always liked singing, you know, along to songs and things like that. But it never it never struck me that it was that you could be so good at what you do that your performance could change every night and it would still be this thing that people wanted to see you. Like, you know, when I went to see Aerosmith with my dad, that was one of the first concerts I remember. And I remember thinking, he's singing this slightly different, or that line, or that word, slightly different than he does yeah. in the CD version that I know and love. And I was almost, like, disappointed by that. Like, I didn't get it. You know what I mean? I'm like, why did he sing it this way? And then I, I started realizing that, you know, the recording recording music is amazing and you can you can spread it and everything and have it exactly the way you want. But the idea of live performing uh, and having it be unique every time. So you could have a fan that sees you play the same song 10 days in a row, the same song, but it's somehow different enough to where it's still intriguing. I just thought when I when I went to see a, a uh, you know, a show in my in my early 20s when a band did that, I just couldn't I couldn't believe it. So I always liked music, but I never really 
understood how complex it was and and how and I don't know to be an artist. It's funny you say that, like, and I'm glad you said that you didn't like it because I didn't go to a lot of concerts. When I, was, I was never crazy about concerts, but the number of reason I don't like concerts is because it's different. <laughs> like, yeah, course, like the, yeah. the I think the first concert I saw was like New Edition. Yeah, New Edition when they reunited it and uh, uh, like songs like Hit Me Off and like this is Bobby and Whitney at their heyday. And they were singing songs that I knew, classic, but like the ad-libs and everything else. And I remember one time I saw 50 Cent Live in his prime when the massacre came out and the whole method of like performance came in. And I'm just so used to just hearing the uh, the studio produced and cleaned up and mastered track right, that when I was right. hearing it, I'm like, oh man, this sucks. But now the older I get and the more I learn about like just this is simple podcast recording but the more you just learn about like how even this works it goes right into that you're mm-hmm. like when they went to the studio they didn't just do it perfectly right and then when they get on stage it could change like they're not gonna just right. do the same thing over and over again like it's the improv but it's also the mistakes that are really mm. beautiful you know because sometimes they like they can spark something that i don't know makes the whole experience better but it's not by design that's the whole thing is yeah. You know, when I first started playing, I would learn covers and I would learn like you could have recorded me doing the same cover of, you know, one of my favorite songs and it would have fallen in the same four minute between four minutes and 15 seconds and four minute and 17 seconds. I didn't vary at all. Nice. I knew the timing of everything. I knew this is how I was going to do it. And that eventually became boring. Like I wanted something that mm. I could maybe go into another song and then finish the first song or or just sing it differently or something, some variation that was like the, with no variance, it was, it wasn't as interesting to me once I kind of got to that point. Now the question I have is music's interesting, especially like instruments. Like a lot of people will start them and they don't keep them going. When it came to, you got to college, you learned how to play guitar, you're doing it, it's going well. What motivated you post-college when your environment changes? that I want to keep doing this. Cause I feel like, especially something like guitar, anything band related or um, anything that's really synonymous with popularity in music, like rapping, producing, guitar playing people, it, it, it can be fattish. Cause once people realize the work that's involved and mm-hmm. being consistently good at it, they're like, I didn't really want this. Yeah. So what was it like now that your school is done and people graduate and you go already to your thing, what was the motivation? Like, nah, I'm, I'm playing. Yeah. I mean, you know, I still, I had my, my job and everything. So I didn't, I didn't feel like I was taking too much of a risk by pursuing it in my own time. Um, but you know, I would go out and see certain bands and I just thought, why can't I do that? Yeah. Is yeah. it, am I, am I not, you know, am I not good enough? Am I not a good enough singer? Am I not a good enough guitar player? Do I not have the stamina to go on tour? There, there's all sorts of questions that I would think about. And these are questions, you know, I'm thinking about going on tour and I don't even have an original song yet. You know, I'm, I'm thinking Mm. about these things of, of, am I not good enough, you know, kind of stuff. But once I, once I started just getting a little bit better at each aspect of either hitting this note, singing, or, you know, playing this rhythm guitar piece, I would think, well, if I progress this way, what's my, where am I going to be in a couple of years? If I just keep progressing. Yeah. Right. I'm not going to, I'm not going to put all my eggs in one basket with music. I have my job. But what if I just keep going in five years? Well, I look back and think, well, now I can shred and, and before I just thought I could do it. So I guess I, I was just always inspired by the artists that I saw because they were doing something that was so genuine to them. You know, the, the, the artists I'm drawn to seem to speak regardless of their background, as long as it's genuine to them, I thought that was amazing. They're basically venting to me in the audience in the best way. And I'm ready to be empathetic and say, yeah, I feel that way too. Everything's relatable. And so I'm like, I I need to, I might be a, hopefully someday, maybe a big fish in a small pond kind of deal where, yeah, I have the, I have the residency Wednesday night show at Toad. I mean, something like that to me is like, is like a dream come true. Nice. Nice. Toad being a a place in Porter Square that does live music, but um, I don't know if it's, if it's bigger than that or being a small fish in a bigger pond, you know, someday, but I think I'm just, I've always been inspired by the experiences I've, I've had watching other artists perform, whether it's survival, you know, yeah. rapping or whether it's someone else doing, you know, Zoe, you know, doing magic or, you know, comedy. Any, any, as long yeah. as it's true to them and genuine, I'm like, what's my thing? It's definitely guitar. It's definitely 
you know, singing and I just want to keep it going. Nice. So do you remember the first song you ever wrote? Like you, when you were like, all right, I, yeah, think I can do yeah, covers. I can play for sure. What was that? What was that first song? So I was with my first real girlfriend and I remember just sitting in bed one night and thinking, um, I'm kind of done with you. Usually I'll go through like a rotation of like 12 covers and, and some songs fall in and out of that, yeah. but it's the same kind of 12 rotation or something where they get old, you, you know? Yeah, yeah. And so I'm like, you know, what? I'm going to, I'm going to start writing. And I wrote a song that was kind of like, you know, inspired by uh, my relationship with her. And I finished it and played it. And I was like, this is all right. <laughs> you know, I was like, it's, they're not all going to be this way, but I thought I would listen to this. And that's kind of what it's been is like, what do I think is, what would I want to listen to or what would I want to be in the lyrics or what would I want? And then, you know, hopefully other people don't absolutely hate it if I do it in front of them. That, uh, see, that's always been, that's, uh, that's always been something that's curious to me. That makes me curious. What comes first when you want to write a song, you're inspired. Is it lyrics and then chords or do you like start playing chords and then you like make a, you compose something and then you write lyrics. Like how does that go? I think you were the first person to actually ask me that because when you met me, you thought I was like a legit guitar player, <laughs> like songwriter, because that's probably how I portrayed myself. Um, but I think it's both. I mean, the the last couple of days I've been playing, and what I've been doing is starting with um, some type of lick on guitar that just sounds cool to me. I'll figure out what chord I want to put with it, and I'm using a loop pedal, so I'll record that a little, just like 10 seconds, nice. you know, of something that loops. And then as I'm, as I'm kind of playing, you know, improving over that with lead guitar, I'll just think about stuff. And then I kind of like sing out loud and it doesn't, it's kind of gibberish. It's kind of, you know, you might, you might've done this with your friends, like in the past, if we yeah. just kind of like riffing like, and Joel, you know, yeah. what I, <laughs> and yeah, you just yeah. do it. And if it sounds cool to me, uh, I have my pad and paper there and my pen and I, I write it down as soon as I feel like that sounded cool. And then I'll just kind of keep that going. But that's not been, I don't have a set process. It's been, you know, I wrote a full song and then made chords to it and, and, and other, you know, guitar yeah. licks. And sometimes it's the reverse. So I'm still figuring that out. And I think everyone probably has their, their ideal way of doing it. But for me, it's, it's still very much like I'm exploring that process and thinking, Nice. What works for me and what are the possibilities of doing it? Do you have that same thought process for work? Like, for example, I I like to do innovative stuff. I like to, like, we put on our first event. I just thought it was cool to be able to, like, project manage and do that stuff. Some of that kind of bleeds into what I do on a regular nine to five, but not really. When I do find that, it's like, okay, cool. But I've always treated jobs like you work it hard like don't ever just go there and just be too cool for school like do the stuff that's asked of you and if you get the opportunities to do more and they can build like cool mm -hmm. but i've never gotten like all right i'm gonna lay out these milestones like for x company and then like i was six months when i'm not at work it's like totally different man i have all kinds of strategies for like my innovative ideas mm -hmm. do you have you ever at any place you've ever worked at ever felt that same passion that you develop about like music as far as like I'm going to grow this out and work this out and like maneuver it. Yeah, I think so. Um, but it all depends on, you know, the structure of, of the company you're working for, you know, especially if you're working for someone or for your, for yourself. Right. Yeah, so the, yeah. the personal side of things is always, well, I can control this. This is, this is in my control. Do I want to take my music this way or that way? It's up to me. How fast, how slow I want to do it. What kind, what, what message do I want to send? And so I would have that creative thinking, or I would try and bring that into the work environment. Um, but it can be stifling, you know, because you're not always in control of what um, of what you're able to do. Nice. And maybe I'll look back on this and say, I had no idea what I was talking about. And I was always in control, or I should have thought about it differently and presented things differently. But there's always going to be roadblocks, you know, in both personal and work. But I feel like the personal ones are just, you feel more responsible responsibility on your shoulder so you say this is mine to, to deal with true and you know if your boss or someone else in your company doesn't agree with you on something sometimes you can just say well it's on them and, yeah, and, and, and you kind of move on but when it's with yourself 
why am I not writing more songs? Is it because Joel? Yeah. It's not Joel. It's me. You know. Yeah. So I try and I try and keep that in perspective. I try and I try and have the creative process work its way into work. You know, my work life as much as possible. Um, but because it's it can become so expansive, it becomes unrealistic. Yeah. You know, I want to do this, this, and that in my company. What's re- what's realistic? True. And then it and then it becomes well. I don't want to think about that as much. What can I do in music? This, this, and that. Yeah, I want to think about these things because they're in my control. Uh, right. Yeah. Do you when you when you're not when you're not, it, does work help keep a balance that's needed when it comes to being creative and not being creative? Like, um, specifically with artists. Like, I feel like if my business is tech related or like uh, some kind of startup or distribution thing where it's still business stuff. Like it has a nine to five like thing about it as far as the actions that are taken. I always wondered about creatives who like movies, whatever, rapping, acting. Does that nine to five help you help your mind kind of like take a break from that way of thinking and style of thinking? Is that beneficial in some kind of way or would it be better if you literally just had all the time in the world to only be creative? Like what, what is better? I mean, it's tough for me to say because I've never really, by the time I got into music enough where I was, you know, either creating my own music or trying to be, you know, improv with it or be creative with ideas, I already had a full-time job. So I've never had like six months of on a lake trying to be creative, (laughs) you know, uh, creating a record or something like that. Um, So I I don't really know. I mean, Uh I'd like, I'd love to try that. And say, I'm going to, yeah, I'm going to take three months and go play guitar all over the world in front of people in public places and just see what happens. That would be amazing. But basically up until this point, it's been, how do I squeeze this in every day and not have it disrupt my work life? So it's been kind of the, the opposite of, I'm just squeezing it in when I, when I can, whereas I would love to experience, you know, the opposite of. Oh, for the next month, I'm doing nothing but writing and yeah. reflecting and, and meeting people and playing in front of people, playing with people. That would be amazing to me. But I can't say that it's better because I've never done it. For all I know, after two weeks of not working, I could think, geez, I need to get back to work and I <laughs> I can't do this you know, full time. But I guess I, I, I've never experienced it. So, Do you keep the uh, two personas separate? Like It's funny. Like I have guests who go back and forth. There's some. Um, I'm at this point. Everyone knows that I've done entrepreneurial things in the past, mostly because it's on my resume. And then two, I'm just always talking about different things that I want to do. So when it comes to guitar playing, like for example, Sean, my former co-host, who's in LA, doing his thing now, hated telling people he was a comic because he's like, the second I tell them I'm a comic, they'd be like, make me laugh. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> What's your best joke? Yeah. Right. So when it comes to guitar are you reluctant to let people know that this is something you do absolutely not i love it <laughs> I, you know i it, it just it, i really um i kind of have always thought it would be cool to you know sing in a band or you know play guitar you know in front of people and stuff like that and really when most of the most of the public playing that i've that i've done it really hasn't even been for like paid gigs it's been like variety shows that were hosted to raise money for people or it was um, you know, I play on the street a lot or I'll play in public parks and just places where random people will come up to me and they'll start talking to me. So for whatever reason, I don't, I don't know exactly what it is, but saying you're a musician, saying you're an artist, people are like, they perk up a bit and ask you questions. They want to know what's uh. it like to do this and that. And if you, if you want that conversation and you don't play guitar, just carry around a guitar case and get on the tee and and someone yeah. will you know it's hard not to it's hard yeah, yeah. It's, it's someone who doesn't play like i mean i used to play music in the past but still you're like who does he who is that for like you're like right who, right who is this guy <laughs> you know like i'll because uh you know i bring my guitar with uh with me for work and i travel about 90 percent of the time maybe a little less but you know i'm in and out of hotels all the time in and out of ubers all the time and every everyone assumes that i'm on my way to a gig or something you know when i <laughs> when i have my guitar with me and they'll ask me if I'm a musician and I say, no, you know, I, it's my hobby, but I like, I like talking about it as opposed to shying away and say, this is like my own thing. And, or, or I don't want, you know, they're not going to ask me to play a song necessarily. Like they would ask you to, to tell a joke, you know, if you say you're a comedian, I, I, I like being known as a musician. I think it's like, um, 
something I've always wanted, but I'm not quite there yet, but I like the idea of people calling me a musician. Nice. So like, I understand downtime, um, like being able to do stuff in your own place. As far as when you, if you ever have downtime, when you travel, have you ever been tempted to be like, yo, I'm hitting up this open mic right now? Oh yeah. Really? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and you know, for me, it's, it's, it's a mental, it's a mental thing to get over, you know, not wanting to play in front of people because, you know, I, as an example, I was in uh, Boise, Idaho a couple of months ago, just walking down the street with my guitar. I, I had, you know, the night off technically, you know, from work and I mm-hmm. was leaving the next morning. And so I saw a couple of guys playing guitar in the street, a pretty cool downtown area. And I just said, Hey, can I jam with you for a couple of minutes? Played with each guy for like five to 10 minutes. And then I walked into a jazz club because I heard live music, you know, from outside. Wait, Boise, Idaho, jazz club? What's that? <laughs> that just sounds bad random. Boise, Idaho, jazz club. Yeah, Boise. yeah, seriously. What was it's it like? something taco. Uh, I can't remember what it's called. Blue taco or something like uh. that. It was awesome. There was like a seven or eight piece bands playing improv jazz. And so I walked in and, you know, there was, I don't know, like maybe 12 people in there. And... I had my guitar with me. And so the lead singer gets on the mic. He says, you know, after the song's over, Hey, you know, buddy, I see you got your guitar with you. Why don't you come up and play a song with us? And I'm thinking, no way I'm getting on that stage. (laughs) And, uh, and I said, no, you know, I'm, I'm not, you know, there yet. And and he's like, okay. And he played, they play another song and he's like, dude, if you're ever going to do it, just come up, just come up now. (laughs) So I, I went up there and, they plugged me into equipment I've never used before and told me this is my volume pedal and this and that. And there, I said, what should I, <laughs> I said, what should I do? Or I asked them, you know, what should I play? And he said, just play, start playing anything. And we'll, we'll fill in around you. And I just started playing and they filled in around me and I was like, holy crap, I'm in a band. This is, this is my first time. So I, anytime there's an opportunity to play, yeah, um, I'm in for sure. It's you know I'm I'm the older I get I find myself becoming more like I've always I was raised in a church but I wasn't so religious and now I find myself beginning to get more religious but whether or not you are religious I do feel like there is something in the air and the energy that's like something tells you you you're supposed to be here and you're supposed to be doing this like that's what that story sounds it's like you said no <laughs> like you literally you're like nah i'm good like he could have just been like all right fine yeah. you want to on stage and screw you but the face like no you're gonna get up here that's like super nerve-wracking like, yeah, like super sure. nerve like you don't know like all the equipment you don't know the people you're playing with and i, I used to play saxophone growing up mm-hmm. especially jazz like it's not sheet music you're not reading specific no, yeah, notes yeah. they're just like no you just got to know chords and then whatever right. so right. I can understand, but you had to do it, which is awesome. Like, yeah. like it's, well, it's, you know, it's like, what's the worst that's going to happen really, you know? And if, and if, and if the worst that happens is like, you just stop playing for some reason or you bomb because you have no idea what you're doing, then you learn from that and you go and learn that stuff. And you're like, yeah. I'm not making that mistake again. Like every, every quote unquote failure, which is always taken so negatively is such a, is such a great learning experience, you know? So Anytime that I have an opportunity to kind of, I mean, I say that and I don't, you know, I could probably play an open mic in JP tonight and I won't, you know, like I I probably could take it, but it's not always, you know, it doesn't always feel fate driven as much as it feels like being a yes man and and saying, yeah, I'm going to bring, I'm going to bring my guitar out today. I'm going to walk around for eight hours in the city. I don't know. And I'll either end up meeting and playing in front of no one, or I'll end up playing with a band. I have no idea. And you just are open to the whole day. Nice. You know, that's kind of how I've been trying to do it. So another case was I was in Vermont in uh, Killington and met up with some friends that lived there. And they said, hey, my buddy plays guitar at this place. He's, you know, he, he, would, he always loves having guests, you know, come up and play with him. And I thought, this is great. This solo acoustic guy, I'm going to walk up. I'm going to play one song with him, you know, something that I know. And he can probably play better than me and then I'll be done. And so I thought, this is great. I brought my guitar and there's a six piece band playing like real like rock music. And I'm thinking, I don't fit in with this. How am I going to, how am I going to do this? And he invites me up on stage and he says, do you, do you want to play lead over this song? I said, nope. <laughs> like, I'm not ready for that. Yeah. And he says, you know, all your chords. I go, yep. And he says, all right, this one is, you know, 
CFGA, CFGA, and the chorus is CDC, B minor, whatever he said, and that was right in my wheelhouse. And I played with them for like 35, 40 minutes of just like playing my level music alongside a band that was really cool. So I, I, for me, it was just, it wasn't necessarily fate that, I mean, part of it is that, right? It feels like this can't be real. Like, yeah, right. you know, they yeah. invited me yeah. up. Something's going but on. But it's also just being super open-minded and, and just like, you know, everyone has something to offer you just the, way, the same way you have something to offer them. Like it might not be music-wise, but even if I'm, you know, playing in a park and someone came up to me, it's a true story, and said, um, I'm having a really bad day. Do you think you could play something that I know the words to because I want to, I'm, I love to sing and I'm just having the worst day. And I was like, yes, at like saying yes to everything in that regard with music usually opens up these crazy doors that you just never, I mean, empathy and sympathy. And was it time of your life at Green Day? It was, we played, um, I'm yours, Jason Rat. <laughs> okay. Classic. That's a good song. Classic. Too. That's a good yeah. song, too. I don't know why. And it was great. The you second know, we she... start talking about acoustics, I'm like, I feel like there are like three songs you need to know. Time of Your Life, I've heard so many times. Whenever someone had a guitar, Time I'm like, of your I get life. it. I get it. You can play Wonderwall. Play and, yeah. You can Wonderwall. <laughs> That's a big request. I think the three biggest requests I've ever gotten were Freebird, Wonderwall, and, and, the, and they're all, it's always a joke. It's like, a, you know. Yeah, people just bird. yell out for you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, no one listens to this song. And as long as you know that one part at the beginning that, where the guitar goes. Yeah, yeah literally. Then, li- then you can stop and, <laughs> and be like, yeah, I know the rest of it, but I don't really want to play it right now. I feel like, well, there's a lot of songs like this, but the two seminal songs there are, remind me that are Freebird, or it's like two parts, the beginning and the end. And then Stairway to Heaven. And I'm like, yeah. I don't think you really want to hear the whole song. I kind of feel like yeah. you want to hear this one part. And yeah. then like, come on. Stairway's a little uh, lower energy, depressing kind of it, a little bit. You know, it's funny. I was late to the whole Led Zeppelin thing. Like I I was all hip hop until like the 90s. I started mixing it up. And like when grunge got huge and then the late 90s, like bands like Green Day started blowing up the rap metal and all that stuff. And then I remember I worked at a FedEx Kinko's in uh, – uh, mid 2000s and that's where I learned about like everything from like Led Zeppelin, Pink Floyd, The Who, Clash, Sex Pistols, whatever may have you. And they that just, was they were just playing it at work. Or? We we would challenge each other because oh. everyone was like, all right, we had a radio in back. Like there was a big wall while we were doing work that you could. Uh, we would do our projects behind that wall, so you couldn't see us if you're a customer. You could hear us because there were openings, but you couldn't see us. So we we're like, all right, we're gonna show back here. Let's play different music. So just gonna have swears, and I'm like, all right, rock is the only thing I can really play because hip hop just has it's just mad swears. I mean, Chana has some Minnesota too, so it's like I can't, I can't play. Like, if they hear the word, their heads are gonna explode. So I'm like, all right, right. I'm playing these different bands, and Led Zeppelin, I think, was of everything I played. Like, I love Pink Floyd. Mm-hmm. But Led Zeppelin to me like were the best as far as playing the instruments. Mm-hmm. I think they're the best band. And I remember after hearing all their stuff, I heard Stairway to Heaven, and I was just like, "That's it." Like I remember, <laughs> like I remember hearing all that, like Good Times, Bad Times, yeah, Heartbreaker. Like, and I'm yeah. just like, I was expecting like the grandest favorite, right? Yeah. Like that, like like just like Queen of Bohemian Rhapsody. I'm like, I thought these songs were the. And right. so it's just so funny how that it just plays a role in people's lives. You're like, nah, man, that's it. You're it's just that. That's right. one. So right, right. <laughs> so you you doing your you great your covers, you've written your first song. Now that you're more adept to playing in public and doing things of that nature, where do you see yourself kind of sectioning off in the future? Are you trying to get more performances under your belt, or are you looking towards making more, writing more stuff down, recording more songs, and then get content out in the form of an album or thing like that? You know, I haven't thought too much about actually recording music and putting out an album. I definitely am focused on on writing and, and having, uh, you know, I have a few originals now. I'd like to have at least a dozen, call, call it a dozen, where, you know, some open mics, they don't allow you to play covers. Or if you want to compete for a prize, you know, you have to play like an original song. So I'd like to have a good variety, fast and slow happy sad yeah. message no message you know whatever i categorize them as i'd like to have originals um and not so much recording but i really what i've found most intriguing you know about my experience with music is how it's connected me to people it's it's just been unbelievable about how 
you know, if you're playing, even just getting a thumbs up or a high five or something, you know, it's not really about getting tipped or getting the money. It's like, if I made you smile, that literally might've been the only time you smiled today. Yeah, it's true. You know, and so I, I try and, I try and put some emphasis on, I want to connect with people. So that's where the live performing comes in. Using a loop pedal, I'm trying to get to the point where every time that I would play a show, it would be a different experience. Maybe not a different experience, somewhat varied, and it'll vary more and more as I go on. But I'm I'm less interested in putting out like a piece of music where someone could say, this recorded song is awesome, and I want to hear it that way. I'd rather someone see me live and go, I can't believe he did that live. Like he record, he did, he did, you know, right. the rhythm guitar, the yeah. bass, the drum. He sang over it. He he played lead for like two minutes of improv guitar, went into a different song, you know, that was a cover, came out back into his own. I want it to be kind of more okay. of that experience, but I'm sure at some point, you know, I want to record my music in the right way. But the recording part is feels super distant to me right now. It feels more about like creating content and connecting with people. That's like the two self-realization right now that I, yeah <laughs> the two things i think i'm i'm most intrigued by so it's like that and i know there's a lot of people who do this but this is the first thing that pops to mind but i remember the first time i saw a uh, comedian slash musician with uh, reggie watts i think it's reggie watts i i i, I just want to make sure and the reason i say this is what he'll do is uh what he'll do is literally just like go on a stage and compose uh, loop sounds loop beats loop audio and then just kind of like do his thing um, and go from there which I think it's underrated now because uh, because of how music has changed um, <laughs> not just like the music I like like I'm super into hip-hop but like how all music has changed a lot has been put on pre-packaged music which is really good branding mm-hmm. but the big way to separate people who are great from people who aren't great is the actual experience of a show. So it'd be super cool to just like have those experiences. And I think I could, and most people can have those experiences if you're just more open to where you go to see them. I think we need to bring local shows back. We need to go to more open mics, be more mm-hmm. supportive of people are like, look, man, I'm trying something new. If it sucks, it sucks. If it doesn't right, right. let me know. And, then and the crowd, the, I mean, it's obvious. Exactly, yeah. they'll they'll know. Like, and then and everyone wins. Right. You win because people could give you, they could say, "Yo, I like that." Like, mm-hmm. I've never heard it before. Like, I've told people that. Like, yo, and, I, you, and usually, if it's not good, it's not. Hey, I don't like that. It's just you don't get the I like that. That's it. So, Literally, so that's, it. that's your. You know, I mean, sure, people, people, I'm sure, you know, lash out and say, "Hey, you know, you're not great," or what, you know, vulgar, whatever they're gonna say. But usually if you're if you're trying to figure out whether this song you wrote or this line or whatever isn't good you'll know by the by the lack of thumbs up right you know like all that kind of stuff and so it's not as daunting as it as it appears to be it's funny i was talking to uh kenya brown last gecko uh who i just interviewed what about that and i always told him my biggest fear ever since i was a kid uh, into now like I just had our first podcast event it was we thought it was great 40 people were there and it's not that people are like Yo, you suck it's just the fear of people it's, not it's listening to of, you yeah, yeah like whatever yeah. I feel like I'm talking I'm saying something that's of purpose or of significance and I don't think anyone's like listening that's nerve-wracking mm-hmm. so is it the same for you what is it when you get on a stage what what is that fear? Is it that I'm not as good as this band? These people aren't going to care. Like what are, or, or do you think you're going to not be as good as you want to be? What is your fear? Right. I mean, I think part of it is realizing that, you know, a good, or at least the way that I view it is I want the music to be for me first, right? Like it's, I'm, I'm getting my own emotions out, my own thoughts out. Uh, I'm spreading, you know, thoughts that I have to other people the way they receive them is the way they receive them and that's fine and if there's no one to receive them that's you know if you go to a show and you're like this is my first show it's gonna be awesome right and, and no one shows up it still has to be fun for you so that's why when mm. I look to write music like I'm not looking to write music for a packed crowd that you know 
thinks this music's really cool and they're going to have a good time and then leave. I'm writing music for me. I'm venting. Um, it's like therapy. And I'm hoping at least one person shows up and I can play to that person. It's awesome, man. You know, so, yeah. so as long as I have one, I'm good. And if I have zero, well, then I'm, I, I've done that more than I've done playing in public, which is at my, at my apartment playing and there's no pressure. And if you have a paid gig and no one shows up, you know, it's rough, but it's paid practice. You I'm, know? It's, I'm super glad you said that. There was a, I used to think when people said that, like, as long as I turn around one life, like, you know, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. you know, I used to think it was bullshit until when we were like, not, not even just seeing it for myself, because I've seen it for other people. But I remember prior to our, our public event, I printed a bunch of flyers. And I was passing them out by hand. I was doing Facebook, whatever, event, brought them all on it. So I would, uh, I took some time off to pass out flyers up the street, walking up and down Center Street, and uh, passing these things out. And I went into the Blanchard's liquor store and I like went there and I was super like, I used to do door door sales, but there's still definitely times that you feel like you're in the way. So I remember going there and the cashier was there and there's a lady who was waiting to get her fifth. It was like 11 or at, at the latest is like one in the afternoon. It was fairly early in the day on a weekday. And she's like waiting to get her liquor. A lady behind me is waiting to get her liquor, got our change all piled up. So I'm like, fuck man, I'm going to sit here and talk about this event and they're going to yell at me, blah, blah. And so I passed a flyer out to the dude that worked there. And I'm like, yo, man, um, uh, we're having this thing at Turtle Swamp Brewery. We're having our Moonlighters Club think, blah, blah, blah. You should come. It's going to be cool. And he's like, all right. So I've had a second. I don't think, I don't remember anyone coming with the flyers. That one dude came and he walked in and he was like, what's up, Joel? And I'm like, oh, Joel, where, where I know you from Blanchard's. I'm right. like, holy shit, you came, right? right so right, right. we like, there, a bunch of other people came through different means, friends and like friends of other friends. And I remember after it was all over he was like yo like that was super dope man like i'm trying to develop a video game and like i got this shit going on and i'm like yo this dude's gonna be like my best friend forever <laughs> and it really did matter like you i'm never like literally, you never know literally i literally see him at blanchard's every day i stop and talk to him i don't care like we hold the lineup last time i was at blanchard's it was like before thanksgiving people are pissed and we're talking i'm like oh shit man but you're absolutely right like it matters like when it someone does you Right, because you were, you know, I think about it for myself. Like, I was just one person that was affected by, you know, a certain group or whatever. And they might have had no idea, or they might not even care. But it still matters, yeah. you know? And, you know, if someone shows up to a show and, and they're watching you and you actually finish the show and you do everything, like, you, you never know, like, you don't have to play, like, this amazing show to inspire people really right because like most of the time if someone for me like if someone is like touched by a song or something like that they're not thinking like oh i'm gonna go write music now like it's not always like that you know but it just happened for them you know yeah. they're you're not you're not trying to like shred guitar and, and prove to this these few people that you're like that good but you're gonna go up there and you're gonna sing songs and they're gonna feel happy about their lives for a few minutes have a couple smiles maybe even shed a tear and you're just like bringing emotion out of them. That's all that really matters to me, you know? So the one girl that, that came up to me in the park and then gave me a hug after, or like, you know, a, a thousand person room, you somehow have to, I, I would like to think, you know, maybe we'll do this again in a couple of years. And I'll think now that I'm playing in front of hundreds of people, we have to. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I would love to think that, you know, and, and, but I would still, I hope that I could look back at this and think, yeah, it's not about the fact that I sold this place out or anything like that. It's, it's that like, there's a handful of people in here that really need this, Yeah. you know? And the first couple of gigs you play, maybe it's the one person that shows up or it's the one out of a thousand that show up in 10 years when you're playing house of blues or you're playing, you know, TD garden. Like as long as there's one, that's really what, you're focusing on i think yeah and I'm, I'm glad you said that it's like uh, the more the from the people i first interviewed until let's just say was it three years ago two years ago i can't even remember when we started probably two or more while people have become more successful what i'm seeing more than ever is everyone's becoming more uh more self-aware uh and, and then just more conscious of their own happiness with their with what they do 
so from survival to Zoe to uh, to Sean who moved to LA after our first couple episodes to pursue acting and got it. You know, everyone's kind of like found peace and definition on no this is what i need to be doing this is what i want to be doing and success has changed like it could either be well it's the same thing i still want to be super famous or not but everyone for sure is so much more confident about their love for this thing Mm -hmm. where i'm like shit that's a success in itself like we talk about it and there are people who literally are like joel i wish i had that thing and i'm talking like yeah there's things i do on the side none of them have really like succeeded succeeded but i really do think I find pleasure in the fact that I have that thing that I'm working on. Like, and right, I think that's right. what, that's what matters is like, yo, you identified guitar, you identify writing and connecting with people through it. Mm-hmm. People will kill for that. Like, right, <laughs> like right. it's an awesome thing to be able to, to, to right. know that that brings you joy. So, yeah, absolutely, man. I mean, I think it's in all of us too, in a certain extent, like I'm not saying everyone's going to pick up an instrument or that everyone has a singing voice that, enough people get behind that you could you know make something with but it's writing to me is is the ultimate because that's Mm. something we can all do you don't have to be there's there's no such thing as like well i can't write music because i don't know how to write songs it's like just start writing you might take you know a sentence from something you wrote six months ago and add it to two words you wrote today and add it to you know four paragraphs that you write next month Mm. it's never about like I'm going to sit down over the next half hour and write a song. It's just you, if you can, if you can create a habit where you are constantly trying to record your thoughts via writing, I'm super mad about this. I'm super happy about this. Mm. I'm super stressed about this. I'm super excited. Whatever it is, if you're able to do that, you can, I'm not saying you need to make, music and songs out of it but i think the writing piece of venting you're venting into paper you're you're expressing yourself we talked about this before the interview but i think the stream of consciousness where you're thinking about certain things versus what you actually put onto paper it's a different process so it's not for me it's not anymore like i have this issue i need to sit and think about it for 30 minutes it's like i have this issue i need to write about it anytime it comes up in my mind yeah and nice. that is and then once you get it once you get it down, it's like it's it's out. No, it's all good. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I made it think about tapping the table. No one can see anything. I've done. Pre- I think it I've just done happened. pretty well. No, I think I we know. both. Have. I did it too. Like it just it just happens. I was ready to slam it. Like you're getting it out. Like you're venting. You know. But yeah, I think we all, you know, we all have an opportunity. Not just musicians, but anyone that would be listening to, you know, to think yourself, what is stressing you out? What is making you happy? Whatever, whatever you're so emotional about good or bad that you're thinking about constantly over and over make sure you get it out on paper and maybe you make a song out of it maybe you make a poem out of it maybe you make a note to your partner about it or your family yeah but it doesn't need to be a song it's just we some some of us will try and turn that into a song because guitar is my outlet and singing feels like my outlet nice but your outlet could be something completely outside of music but if you write it down it might turn into some art or it might turn into some way of communicating with people nice so moving forward what would you what do you what what milestones do you have in mind of things you want to accomplish or habits you want to or habits you want to create with right. writing with guitar in the near future right i've tried this a couple times and i haven't i haven't followed through with it but one thing for 2019 is a certain number of songs per and then fill in the blanks right so i try i tried doing every two weeks work out in the way other things I try doing every month I think I'm gonna pick I'm gonna pick something that's like you know anytime I have a, some type of material or subject matter that I can't get off my mind like I'm gonna maybe figure out how many days it takes me to, to put that into a song and then start there maybe it took me 45 days mm. that'll be my benchmark and then I need to do another song within that I'm trying I'm trying to be like less restrictive with myself somehow but still set my goals where i can you know so i want to create more music that's the that's the next thing is is you know my next milestone is creating i don't know 20 songs or something like that nice good Um, i think playing playing an improv show Mm. in public outside like not in a venue where i could bring an amp bring my loop pedal Mm. okay and get and get more than 
two people to kind of come over. I think that would be really cool. I think that, you know, cause I can do that anywhere. I don't have to worry about being home for that. Yeah. Um, if I have, if I get a, a, a travel size amp, I can, I can be in anywhere from Bend, Oregon to Madison, Wisconsin to Miami, Florida and do that stuff as long as I bring that with me. Nice. So I'm, ch- I, I, because I don't focus on getting gigs when I'm on the road, I don't know what my schedule is going to be like, if I'm able to do that night, if I'm gonna have a work dinner or whatever. So me playing in front of people and getting the nerves out with that is just is walking to the park and seeing how many people are going to walk up to me. Uh, yeah, it's it it's funny that you it, you say that every time I'm on the train and I see someone performing on the train as a kid, you're like, what the fuck? Like, what are they doing? But the older I get, I'm like, holy shit, like that you're just going to pop open piano and just play it not be worried about judgment and like mm-hmm. those those people have guts man they do, like they in any do. major city they're just like i don't care right. i'm gonna play someone's gonna give money someone's not gonna give money mm-hmm. and i think that's what it is you just gotta kind of like whatever bro screw right. it like right. i'm just gonna play right whatever you say and i can't take that away from them because i'd be damned like i couldn't like sit there and do anything everything we do in public we try to do like hushedly or like right on, you know what i mean like even on the train like, you feel guilty about using the phone so right. someone who's on a keyboard or a guitar right. i can't even knock them anymore it's just like yeah and honestly like i i do have some anxiety about bothering people because I, i've had that in my own experiences with uh you know having an apartment that's shared or yeah. you know having downstairs neighbors upstairs neighbors that you know they were they were nice about it but you know, me playing guitar at any time of day could, you know, I, I get like anxious, like maybe I'm ruining yeah. this person's day and you can do the same thing on the T. Yeah. Why are you ruining my commute home by playing your, like I've heard sto- like horror stories of buskers that, you know, were trying to just play music and people were like harassing them for playing their music. And at the end of the day, this is kind of where a work thing comes in for me is like, let's not plan for the exception. Yes. You know, let's plan for the norm of people don't care. It's yeah. whatever you're playing music people don't care if you mess up most of the time they don't even care if you're doing a really great job they're just they're gonna walk by and think what they think and if you can be accepting of that then you'll make a few people really happy and i think you know that that's a thing like we this specific american culture like we're very cognizant of just annoying the shit out of people because people are we're very big on boundaries here sure and you, I, I do think it's false for people to be like, fuck that, man. Knock down doors. People get pissed. Then you deal with it later. It's like, no, there's a happy medium. But I do feel like if you're thinking about I don't want to annoy anyone, you're already in the right spot. You're you're already being – you're already aware of how people feel. Right. And I feel like if you do anything respectfully, there are certain people who are just not in the mood that are always going to be there. Sure. And it is, it is the exception. Right. In reality, the only way – to move things forward is to be uncomfortable at times and then for others to be Mm -hmm. uncomfortable at Mm -hmm. times because there'll be times you had shows and people didn't want to admit that they were enjoying themselves like i see it all the time there you are just like oh my friends aren't doing anything so i don't want to do anything but in reality it's like no like whoever took that just like that person in boise the fact Mm -hmm. that they were like all right i'm gonna ask this dude twice they could have been like no what if he storms out of here and them asking twice was like good for everyone involved in the situation so yeah i i could definitely dig that but i do know majority of people if someone's good-hearted and they're just like yeah i'm just gonna play can i yeah Yeah. they're just like all right let's just do this right and it it really comes down to is it good yeah and is this connecting one right which is you get the if you get the vibe that you know someone's super pissed about you playing on the tee or, or just playing somewhere and walking by and just give him a hug or say, you know, like what, what's re- what's really bothering you, right. sir? You know, it's not me no. for sure. You know, it's something deep down inside you, but, um, you know, people don't know it. They don't know why they're angry or stressed or even happy. And I think that's why people should try and write more because, you know, you could have so many good things going on in your life and this one thing bothering you and it could just, it could ruin everything, yeah. you know, because you don't even, sometimes you don't even really know what it is. Yeah. And if you just think about it and think about it, you never resolve it. And if you go to write it somehow for me, for me, it changes. It's like you can't you can't just you can't just write down the same line that goes through your head. You have to figure out a different way to convey it and, and, and make it relatable to people or something or even relatable to yourself where you can read it and think, yeah, I guess that does make sense, you know, because our, our thoughts and everything's so like underneath, like it's everything is so sub like conscious that we we act like we act we we lash out or we have rage or we have you know we're we're impatient for stuff we don't even realize yeah 
you know what I mean? It's like, I don't need maybe because I'm hungry, maybe because I just got broken up with maybe because just, but these things manifest themselves in such a way. Yeah. You don't even realize why you're yelling at the cab driver or while you're yelling at this and that. Yeah. So I think if people wrote more and just kind of like, it, it's, it's a, it's a self-awareness thing, I guess, back to your self-awareness. Yeah. You know, that's what it is. It's, a, it's like, we are our own worst enemy. And our right. Best right. At times. Right. In reality, it's like, I mean, you got a gift. Yeah. Play it play it to the end like just you know what i mean like it, it's gonna be uncomfortable at times but you're gonna be so you're, you're mentally just gonna be so much better for it like those super anxiety inducing times you're like i played just like in boise you were probably like damn that was worth it like yeah. that this it was, was awesome yeah this was great and yeah. that that's really what it is it's yeah. like just know knowing that anxiety accepting it and then just doing it yeah there's nothing like it. it it really is you know like i've been watching uh a lot of uh climbing movies and documentaries yeah. and stuff like that after this guy alex honnold climbed like one of the craziest uh mountains el cap in yosemite uh three thousand feet without <sighs> a rope Jeez. and i and i'm watching these things and i'm like what am i really afraid of <laughs> right. people laughing at me yeah like, yeah yeah <laughs> like this guy this guy could make one one millimeter of a wrong move and fall off a cliff yeah pursuing his dreams am i really pursuing my dreams or am i just being held back by like you know intimidated by being judged or or you know humiliated or whatever and at the end of the day it's like you know yeah everything's online now you're always exposed you're always this and that but if you if you try your best and you do something genuine and people truly hate it they probably have some other issue going on right or you really just didn't click on the genre or something but people aren't I, i like to i like to have faith that people aren't as you know uh i don't know if insidious is right or like like they're not as judgmental. They're they're re- they want they want to they want you to do well. Yeah. Like when you go to open mic, yeah. no one is like, I hope this guy sucks. No, no. You know, and and I want to make fun of him and this and that. If if he's truly if he's he or she is truly truly terrible, the worst thing you've ever heard, you might kind of look to your friend or your and, and kind of roll your eyes and go, well, I can't wait for this is over. Yeah. But most people aren't going to boo and say no. you're you're garbage and all this and that. So, I like to think that. If you're not into it, you walk by and it's all good. And if you're into it, give me a thumbs up or or say hi or something, and that's that's worth it. Nice. Well, if anyone wants to support you moving forward, how should they do so? <laughs> this do you... is like this is like the the worst part of my interview last yeah. time too. Is like, uh, nothing. <laughs> I like wandered the streets. No, I mean, I really think I, I'm I'm struggling because I want. You know, I told I t- we we talked about you know not really wanting to have like recorded music as my very next step, but I want to be connected with people, and you know, social media is a way to do that. Like, I could I I could get on Instagram, and like every time that I play in a random park bench or you know wherever, I could film it and and make like a thing about it. You yeah. know, part of me is like is so disinterested with social media because I see it yeah. sucking the life out of people. Yeah. You know? Um, but at the same time, I could still do a website or something like that. So that's, I'll add that to my milestones for 2019 is to establish either an ongoing Instagram page where like, to be honest, I know I have an account. I, I haven't gone on in probably a year on on Instagram. Um, I have Facebook, but I, I'm just part of it. Part of me like wants to live without that stuff. Right. But part of me knows that. I, it will give me a chance to connect to people. Yeah. You know, it opens you up to all sorts of harsher comments from people that wouldn't say it to your face. You right. know, that's different. But I think that, And most of the time those people really say those things just so people can see their comments. I'm like, yeah. I don't think they listen to the video. <laughs> like, yeah, totally. Really is like, nah. So I think <laughs> I think I'll set that as a goal. Like that's something I'll take out of this is really establishing either a website or you know, something where people can follow me and be like, yo, you know, maybe he only posts once every two weeks, but right. it's kind of like his thing. So that'll, I'll work on that right now. Um, not really ways to follow me or follow my music or anything like that. It's more just, uh, you know, my name's Tyler Allen spelt A L L A N find me on Facebook, send me a message. If you think you have something music related that, you know, uh, I could be a part of, or I could help out with whether it's fundraising or I, I don't, I'm not always looking for paid gigs. I'd rather, I'd rather mean something, you know? Nice. So, uh, hit me up. Otherwise look out for maybe something coming in 2019, whether it's a, a website or, you know, an Instagram, uh, 
profile that I can share what I'm doing with music. And we'll help with that. Uh, if, you anytime you have a show, content, improv, whatever it may have you, uh, let us know. Let me know, man. I'm down to I'm down to support, man. We'll go up to. Have you ever been? Uh, I'm sure you've been there, but you ever thought about doing stuff at Wally's? Where's that? Wally's is on Mass Ave. Um, I don't know if I should. Yeah, I guess it's like iconic in jazz bar, Cambridge or Mass Ave in uh, Boston. So okay. closer towards the Mass Ave Orange Line train station. Right by oh, uh, Berkeley. I think I, Hole I, think in the I wall. went there. Is it like kind of a sketchy entrance? That's real like, little entrance in yes. a really, really tiny place. Yes. And that's supposed to be it. Well, I haven't been inside, but I, I, check I it out, walking man. by in it. Okay, cool. Let's check it out. Wally's yeah. is good jazz. Awesome. Uh, Wally's, Wally's has been known as like the spot when South End had more jazz bars, but I don't know their schedules, but. I hope they pop up more, man. I, I was, you know, I didn't go to Johnny D's all that much, but I live in Davis and it was tough to see that place go. And I just hope that. Wait, Johnny D's is gone? Oh yeah, man. What? Yeah, they closed. Um, I don't know. In the, within the last two years, and they're they're building condominiums, maybe uh. something beneath it. But <laughs> it's for the most part, um, you know, it's it's sad to see like live music. You know, I read this article about like guitar centers, like all these guitar centers going out of business because people yeah, aren't no one's into buying live music. No, it's crazy. So I hope that um, you know, there's a there's a new um, ordinance in Boston with. Um, busking and live performance whether you're into juggling or or music or anything um i haven't read it but uh i hope that it's in the right direction of you know artists just kind of getting out of the house and and doing stuff in front of other people because the fear of being judged is like we got to get over that it's not everyone's gonna like your music and that's fine but most people aren't gonna really say anything negative about it i mean at least to your face exactly that's (laughs) that's the thing Yeah. yeah So all right, man. We'll keep. We'll definitely keep in touch. We'll 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 find venues and we'll find you at venues and we'll be sure to let our listeners know. Awesome, man. For Looking those forward of you, to it. yeah, man. For those of you who are interested in more podcasts, Moonlighters Club. We have a website moonlightersclub.com. Uh, just let us know uh, how you feel about the shows. Feel free to email us moonlightersclub at gmail.com. or just check out more podcasts and leave reviews and ratings of the such. Uh, Tyler, thank you. Thank you, man. Really uh, appreciate it. I, I, this was pretty dope. This yeah, was pretty dope. We'll definitely have to check back. In the year, we'll see if we've both uh, made some progress. I'm on looking our forward to projects. it. This is going to be my motivation to come back and have all these accolades of uh, what I've done over 2019. Nice. Well, uh, thank you, Tyler, and thank you, everyone else. We'll be talking soon. Thanks, man. All right, everyone. Uh, we couldn't leave without Tyler giving us a little some sample of the goods. He's just gonna play us a little bit, and uh, we'd love to hear your thoughts. <laughs> this yesterday uh or thinking about our you know the interview today and i was like i know he's gonna ask me about the songwriting process i'm gonna i'm gonna make sure that i like think about this a little bit but i just so i I started with this one note yeah and i kind of just i just did this little thing i mean that's it it's it's four notes okay and then i'm like all right well it's that's kind of in an E minor, basically. So that's my E minor chord, and then I do the same thing, and then just drag the whole thing down. So it's it's really so simple, but it's stuff that like I'm not used to singing over doing little things like that. I'm usually just going like this, you know. Huh. So I'm trying to incorporate more of like doing these little licks, kind of incorporating into the song. And then for whatever reason I thought I was thinking about Recent breakup the the way I look 
think it was, you know, I look at the way you do this, or I look at the way you do that. And so I just started in my head, I, I started thinking about, you know, I look in the way. No, I look in the way. Yeah, I look in the way. Yeah, I look in the way. Yeah, I look in the way. And then I thought about what, what am I really looking at, you know, her courage, her, her desires innocence, stuff like that. And I don't know the words yet, but I'm... So I just... That's kind of how what I was trying to do is articulate what was happening in trying to write a song. Is like starting with this note, those are the four, then a chord, and this chord, yeah, then this like slide down thing, and then one line that was kind of this reoccurring, like, no, I look at the way you do this, I look at the way you do that, like, it was almost like. Don't tell me I don't appreciate you. <laughs> oh, <that's... laughs> uh, some way. But yeah, so I thought that would be kind of a cool intro or outro, outro, just this little. Something like that. That's dope, For one man. Of them, like... <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's, uh, uh, that's super dope. <laughs> um, so it's funny, I, I dated this girl for the last six months. We had a, uh, a long distance relationship, basically, because I was always traveling. She was always traveling. She's from Florida. I live in Boston. We met in Colorado. We all travel. Yeah. And so yeah. I wrote I wrote a love song for her originally. Then I wrote like a song while we were together. And that last one is like going to be kind of like the breakup song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> So anyways, the, the first love song was, I actually played it at the festival. Okay, yeah, that's right. I remember, yeah, yeah. So this could also, just this little, it's just chords. It could be another intro or outro. I couldn't possibly describe what it's like. Waking up next to you Not sure you know we're holding hands A good sign that we're in the group You fear this is nearing an end, no Nothing further could be the truth Second one. Um, so those three all came with that. 
That's insane, man. That relationship, which was cool, because yeah. she inspired me to do all three of them, whether it was good or bad, you know? Yeah. Um, but yeah, those are, I mean, I'm trying to think of something else that might be like a good quick intro, outro. That's not like a cover. Um, it's crazy how much what emotions do, man. Like, it's, it's <laughs> like, yo, it's like, if you really think about like all of our favorite groups, artists, bands, Heartbreak, something about heart, Amy Winehouse, man. Like, it's like, yo, heart, it's something about heartbreak and happiness within a relationship. Yeah, I mean, the it's because it's all relatable, you know? People are going through like whether they're happy or sad in their relationship. And I think, you know, they're ready to hear relatable stuff. It's like, you know, this is real. It's not, I don't know, some of the stuff you hear on the radio, it's just not as, it doesn't feel relatable to me. Yeah. Um, but maybe I'm listening to the wrong stations. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I, <laughs> <laughs> that, was, that was, that was, I appreciate that, man. That was dope. That was. Um, I guess the only other quick thing that I think it, like, that I really like to do is, um, it's kind of just plays with this one scale that I, that I learned early on. Dude. I pre- I appreciate that, man. Yeah, I just thought it'd be cool to add some, uh, yeah, something in. Yeah, you know, definitely. We got plenty to work with. Well, all yeah. right, we gotta get some shows. We <laughs> yeah. will, we will definitely be getting Tyler content somehow to more people. Like that, that will be the goal. That, Live yeah, show that, parks, exactly, exactly. Whatever it may have you. The next event, you gotta come. You gotta <laughs> come. You gotta play. I know. Awesome. And, man. And I, I think it'd be cool. To, I, I really think it'd be cool to talk through the process too. I think people would love to just hear the thought process. Yeah. And I, I think that means so much more when you understand where this stuff comes from. Right. So because if you could ask that at any concert, what were you thinking when you wrote that or whatever? Yeah. That'd be cool. I think it'd be dope. Well, you will be getting more content soon uh, from one of us. We're going to get you more Tyler songs. (laughs) But uh, Tyler, again, thank you. Thank you so much, man.